How do the Minnesota sports teams exercise their playoff demons? We look at what causes them, how the core four can react, and look at how the Minnesota Wild may have exercised some demons on the Blues today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Just as a reminder, Locked on Wild is available anywhere you listen to your podcasts for absolutely no charge. On today's episode of Locked on Wild, Colton Molesky joins the show as we look at the core four in Minnesota sports and some of the playoff demons that each team is dealing with. I will note we are recording this during Game 3 of the Wild Blues series, so we'll uh, have some updates on that as well. But just looking at how some of the playoff demons exist in their current form and what each franchise needs to do to exercise some of those demons going forward. My name is Seth Topol, host of Lockdown Wild, the people's host of the people's show. And happy to be joined by uh, my best friend on this earth, Colton Molesky. A uh, the lead reporter for NBC 15 in Madison. Seth, it has been a long time coming. It's so awesome to see you in your groove here with Locked On. And it's so much fun to join you. I feel like we are exercising a few of our own demons talking a little bit about this subject with the the problems, the the consistent woes that have plagued Minnesota teams, especially in the playoffs over the last, we're looking at the last 20 years, Yes, but really you could go to Minnesota sports in general. Right now we're looking at the last 20 years. It's tough. It's a, it's a tough book to read. It has been, it's been a bad chapter and I will, as mentioned in the intro, I will say that we have game three on as we are, uh, as we're recording this this bonus episode for you for the weekend and watching the Wilds exercise some uh, some of their previous playoff demons by uh, just getting that great early start against the St. Louis Blues currently leading 3 nothing and don't get ahead of yourself. Don't <laughs> I, don't go get your hopes up is all I have well, to say about we're Minnesota gonna, sports. We're going to talk about this as we get to the end of the show today because I, I really feel in my bones as somebody that has hosted this show and has seen this team through all of those first-round exits. I feel like we're seeing a, a franchise that's starting to try to try to kind of get some retribution well we have been in this for a long time we mm-hmm. i've grown up in minneapolis you've been in minnesota your whole life i have hosted the locked on wolves podcast before you're the host of the locked on wild podcast we have been around the minnesota sports industry for a long long time we've been following these teams for a long time it's not easy. Not easy no, following these teams. No, it's been uh, it's been a bit of a journey, and so I think maybe the best thing to do to start this is to just kind of look at like 
where are we at right now? And so we look we look at where we're at. We look at like why we've gotten to this point for each of these teams, and then we try to figure out like what to do to fix it in terms of postseason success, or in this case, lack of success by and large. So let's go through the let's go through the teams. Yeah, let's let's Again, read let's read the temperature of the room. We're going the last twenty years. Yep. I know if we go into deep history, we can go even into more pain. But let's just go the last twenty years and let's start with the Minnesota Vikings five and eight record in the postseason. Two losses. They have two losses in the postseason that have not been by more than 10 points. Two losses by more than 10 points. And you got to think, too, about the Minnesota Vikings team and how there have been a lot of expectations. In the last 20 years, there have been plenty of Vikings teams that have carried a lot of expectations, whether that's elite defense, whether you have great offensive pieces. You have teams like in 2017 mm-hmm. with the Minneapolis Miracle and how that Super Bowl was played in Minneapolis and you have this team who's overcoming these demons against the New Orleans Saints and how you feel like you're over this hump and then you have this flat performance against the Eagles. You have the game, if you go back even earlier with Brett Favre in New Orleans against this Saints team where you can't get past them and then you have the bounty gate stuff. Yep. It seems like this Vikings team cannot get past some of these playoff demons. And then you really look at Minnesota sports in general, and those are the playoff demons that all of these teams face. Yeah, and you, like you look at, even if we go to like the early end of kind of this time frame we're looking at, 1999, one of the best offensive teams in the history of the, NH, uh, the NFL mm-hmm. with – you know, you had you had all those weapons for that Minnesota Vikings team with Brian Billick as the offensive coordinator, like literally the best offensive team that the Vikings have ever had in franchise history. And you end up having some fortuitous things happen that lead to the Atlanta Falcons being able to win that game and go on to just get slaughtered in the Super Bowl. (laughs) We're not going to talk about that, though. But, like, it doesn't matter. I think the theme we're going with here is it doesn't matter if you have, like, a team that kind of figured it out at the end of the season and willed themselves into a playoff spot or a team that had the reins the entire season. Well, we'll get to this a little bit later, but there's always a facet of all of these teams in Minnesota history where you know in your heart of hearts they can't win with Minnesota sports it tends to be quarterback where you know this isn't a quarterback that can win you a Super Bowl and we'll look at if the wild have something that can win them a cup but for most of these teams it seems to be we know no matter what happens we look at this one piece of the team and we know that this can never be something that wins us a title. Right. And for the Vikings, more often than not, it's a quarterback where you look at, oh, there's this piece. There's the wide receiving core. We have Dalvin Cook at running back. We have all of these defensive pieces. But you know whatever's sitting there at quarterback, you can't win with this quarterback. Right now, it's Kirk Cousins. And to be fair, Kirk Cousins is a great regular season quarterback. Yeah. The Minnesota Vikings usually are a great regular season team, but you know that this isn't the quarterback that can take you to the promised land. Well, and it's been it's been compiled by the offensive line for the Vikings. Like, Kirk Cousins, 
He had the uh, the game against the Saints, I think it was last year, that he ended up winning in New Orleans. And then they With went the to, touchdown to Rudolph. Yes. And then they went to San Francisco and got throttled because that defensive line was just ridiculous. Like it it, it seems like a lot of these core four teams have had issues that have been prevalent all season that we knew about going into the year. And we're like, maybe we can kind of get through and just hope that it doesn't become like a glaring issue. And then you get to the postseason where teams are looking to pick at things and try to find like exploitable weaknesses. And it just becomes that much more glaring. Well, and this is a perfect segue. I'm going to bounce it to you for the wild, but the wild 30 and 55 in their record in the last 20 years. They, in 03, got to the conference files, got swept, but they've had gentlemen sweeps in five seasons when they've made it to the postseason over the last 20 years. So that means that they have been basically swept with one bright spot yeah. when you're getting to the postseason. Kind of the same thing if you're looking at the wild, where it's that one thing that teams can pick up. Well, and, and what are the... In the NHL, what are the elements that can usually swing a series the most? The the one that I think can swing a series the most is the hot goalie. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Absolutely. you can be as good of an offensive team as you've ever had, which is the case for the Wild in 2016, 2017. And they ran into uh, a, a goalie by the name of Jake Allen. And he shut them down in that series. The Wild were the number one seed in the Western Conference that year. And St. Louis cleaned their clock because mm-hmm. the Wild just could not score goals. It's been the likes of, say, Jake Allen. It's been the likes of Corey Crawford for the Chicago Blackhawks. It just seems like what has happened for the Wild in their postseason failures is that they're a team that relies on several good players to put together this offense. But then when the postseason hits, and when you go up against better goalie play, there's really nobody to take the lead. Well, and that also hurts when you don't have a true sniper like Krill the Thrill, somebody who yep. is maybe a more dangerous shooter than the KGB. And, <laughs> <laughs> and when you don't have that guy and you're going up against really good defense, when you're going up against a hot goaltender, it really shows that you don't have that guy in your offensive toolbox to go to. Um, you, you look at some of the other things, you know, the twins are a really good example as well. Because oh, my gosh. The twins are... Just a tough. I mean, you go to the Twins' record six and twenty-seven over oh. the last twenty eighteen-game losing streak in a row mm-hmm. that you have. And the other thing too, when you're looking at the Twins, where you pepper in like the hundred-game, uh, lo- or the hundred-season losses. Yep. In, a couple of years ago, one thing. Now, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. <laughs> one thing. Do you remember back in, I think it was 2003, when the Detroit Tigers were going to be tying the record for the worst record in MLB history? Yes. The last season, or the last game of the season, when the Twins were up 8-0 and they ended up losing that game 9-8 to that Tigers team to avoid tying the record for the worst record in baseball. I feel like that... 
set the trajectory for the rest of the next 17 years. So there are so many, like, there are so many good angles with this Twins team because it feels like any time that they've been really, really good, we've gotten into the rest versus rust debate. And this team is obsessed with the next game, not yeah. the game they're playing. Yeah, that's that's spot on. And I remember that vividly because I remember seeing some of the lineup decisions that were made, and it's like, yeah, we're going to rest a bunch of people. And I'm like... Why? Why? Also, talk about you talk about playoff demons, specifically the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Rent free in this team's head. A hundred percent. There is no in the in the entire scope of Minnesota sports history. There is no team that has a more firm hold in the heads of Minnesota sports teams than the New York Yankees. You look at the Twins having some of the best seasons they've ever had. The first year the Target Field existed. And the Twins had that magical season with Jim Tomey as DH. Had the, I'll never forget it, he had that walk-off home run that clinched the Central Division for the Twins against the White Sox. He hit it like 500 feet into right field. Never forget that season. They go up against the Yankees and it's like, oh my God, here we go again. And the Twins, I think the Twins maybe had a lead in game one. After that, curtains. Like, it was just, it was. And and there's, like, there's this mental block aspect that I think weighs heavily in sports. It doesn't matter if you are a team that has, if you're a player that has specifically dealt with the previous history against a particular team, it feels like it weighs on you Constantly, And this is something that, you know, we're kind of seeing, at least in my mind, unfold with the Minnesota Wild. The St. Louis Blues, before this series, were, the Minnesota Wild were 0-10-1 against the Blues after game one of this playoff series. Don't tell me that doesn't weigh on you. Yeah, you have pressure when you're facing some of these teams. Or, like, if you're the Twins, when you are expected to perform in a postseason, you have that pressure. I mean, you can go through the list. 2020, you have the 0-2 loss in the wildcard series to the Astros. 2019, 0-3 lost, Yankees. In 2017, AL wildcard. For a loss to the Yankees. And you just keep going back and back and back. Yankees, Yankees, Yankees. Losses, losses, losses. I mean, you can go all the, the way back. And until you hit 2002, you don't have any wins in this Twins yeah. history. And I get that there's some mediocre seasons mixed in there over the last 18 years, 20 years uh, that you're going back over Twins history. But if you're going back to 2000, if you're going back to 2022, uh, 20 years, 22 years, whatever you want to go, I mean, there are some serious mental blocks in the Minnesota Twins once you get to that postseason mark. Well, in the Twins, it was a couple of years ago. They had like an 8-0 lead against the Yankees in game one of that series. The Bomba Squad, when they broke the the team record for home runs in the season, yeah, had like a seven nothing lead after two innings against the Yankees in Game One of that series, ended up losing the game because I think you have to you have to close out a game against a team that has you on the ropes 
which, you know, we're, we're looking at this Minnesota Wild team. And game one, I think you saw things go to the Blues where the Wilds missed out on some opportunities and were like, here we go again. Like, we're not capitalizing on all these opportunities and the Blues have scored a couple of goals. Like, what do we have to do? And in game two, right out midway through the first period, just jumped them. And it got a little dicey. But we're seeing, I think, some of the game two to game three, like, we can beat these guys. All we have to do is just play our game. Well, and you want to talk about not closing out a series. I think that's oh, a perfect way to go <laughs> yeah. right into the Timberwolves that's history a, of things. That's a fantastic segue. And what we're what we're gonna do, I wanna give you requisite time to talk about this, <laughs> being that this is your <laughs> expert team. But uh we are we are gonna step aside for just a quick second as we continue to dive in to the playoff demons for many of our favorite core four Minnesota sports teams as the Minnesota Wild have scored again. They now lead four to nothing. Let's go right into talking about our favorite go-to Top snack. of the third. The Bilt Bar mania is real. The Minnesota Wild love Bilt Bar. You should love Bilt Bar as well because it's the, f- it's the perfect go-to snack Anytime you are out and about on the go, just uh, trying to you know find something to give you a little energy while you're enjoying this great summer weather, Built Bar is the perfect snack to do just that. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, which means that with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and enjoy doing it. Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. If you're not convinced yet, go to built.com, check out the website, and if you enter the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild, once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Once again, Locked on Wild, free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Seth Sopal joined by Colton Molesky. Again, I will reiterate, we are recording this while Game 3 is in progress. Minnesota Wild have just taken a 4-0 lead, courtesy of the Jeek Freak. Jewel Erickson Eck on a goal to give the Wild the 4-0 lead. We'll talk about that coming up in a little bit, but we've talked Twins, we've talked Vikings, we've talked Wild we got to talk a little Timberwolves. This is your area of expertise. I, I'm a basketball guy. I'm a basketball guy, first and foremost. And you mentioned, too, before we went into that break about not closing out series. I mean, excellent example, just this past series that the Timberwolves played against the Grizzlies. NBA record for double-digit leads blown. But then you go all the way back to 2017-2018. You have, obviously... A Timberwolves team that was outmatched by the Houston Rockets and Jimmy Butler coming into that season and all of the Thibodeau stuff. And then you have Jimmy Butler, who might have been an MVP, but he gets injured. He tries to get back for the end of the season. He's still banged up, and they get blown out in that in that series, gentlemen sweep. Then you go back. It is just ineptitude for so many years. And then you have to go all the way back to the KG era when they actually make a run in the 2000, the 20, 
the 2003-2004 season, so it was 2004, the playoffs were happening, where that's the real, the only run KG ever went on with this team. They run up against a Lakers squad that they get dominated by. But then before that even, you have KG running up against the Lakers, and that one a wash in the first round, swept by the Mavericks the year before that. They win one game against the Spurs the year before that. Exit from the first round early. Trailblazers year before that. Year before that, Spurs again. One win against them. Two wins against the Supersonics. Again, all of this with maybe, I would say, one of the top three, four best power forwards in NBA history with Kevin Garnett. Yep. And you're able to make one actual run in 2003-2004 that season. You just have a team that consistently shows it's not able, not even not willing, not able to put around pieces when you have a stalwart, when you have a franchise guy like Kevin Garnett. And that's really kind of the narrative for Minnesota sports in general, but more so the narrative of teams that are not bad. It's not the Detroit Lions or the Cleveland Browns where it's year after year where you're just trying to get draft picks. It's 76ers. Trust the process. You're trying to get these high lottery picks, but it's teams that have actual expectations but don't actually have the pieces to get them all the way. And I think that's the real problem when you look at Minnesota sports. You have a lot of teams that have actual expectations, but when you actually look at the roster, you know they're never able to meet those expectations. Look at this Vikings, this iteration of the Vikings team. You know in your heart of hearts they're not going to be able to win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins as your quarterback. You right. know in your heart of hearts you're not able to win a final series with D'Lo as your point guard. These are just, when you really look at the roster, these are truths. And yes. this is the problem with the Timberwolves, with the Timberwolves, with the Vikings, with Minnesota sports, is that they have realistic expectations that they're not actually able to make in the postseason yeah and you've had like you look at you know you look at all the teams like Minnesota Twins they have had a couple of instances since they last won the World Series the the two World Series that they won they had like shut down ace pitching shut down a lineup Jack Morris that game seven uh performance where he went 10 shutout innings to win that game you have a guy like that Minnesota Twins, since then, I mean, they had Johan Santana at, like, the early portion of his career against the Yankees. Ended up getting swept there. Uh, actually, no, they, they won the first game of that series and then lost out after that. But you really haven't had a bullpen since that World Series it, It's team. been, yeah, it's been pitching in general for, for the Twins. They just, they haven't had the type of shutdown pitching that other teams in the postseason have been able to possess. Minnesota Wild have had never had like the like elite level goaltending or the like shutdown scorer. Not even elite, just like a hot goaltender. Yeah. You just need somebody to catch fire and stand on his head for a playoffs. Right. But you haven't had that. So here's my question that I pose to you as the aficionado, the best podcast in Minnesota on 
Wild Hockey, the number one go-to person for Wild Hockey. Yeah, I said it. I said it. Love it. Can the Wild break through this what seems to be a curse? I'm going all mm-hmm. Michael Scott. Do we have to find an animal with the head, <laughs> with the head of a lion <laughs> and the antlers of a deer? Do we have to find a way to break this seemingly playoff curse that Minnesota sports team has have? And are the Wild the team to do it as they lead right now 4-1 in Game 3? Do they have a goaltender that can catch fire? Do they have the sniper in Krill the Thrill that can lead the offense? Do they have the defensive backbone? Can this team be the team that finds its way through the postseason when so many other Minnesota teams have gotten lost? I I think so because I, I look at a couple of things. You have a goalie in Marc-Andre Fleury that is super battle-tested. He's been there. He has been in the Stanley Cup playoffs so many times. He's won Stanley Cups with the Pittsburgh Penguins. He stood on his head last year against the Minnesota Wild in the opening rounds. He's gone through those runs. He has been through it, and I talked about this on yesterday's episode of Lockdown Wild, like mentally. And you look at what's happened, at least at this point in this game. Uh, very evident that Ville Husso did not recover from what happened in game two, where he got throttled for five goals. Um, very clear that the after effects of that rattled him. Marc Andre Fleury had the performance in game one where he gave up four goals, not necessarily his fault. But he moved past it. You have to be able to take a singular game performance and flush it and move on to the next. Marc-Andre Fleury gives the Wild the opportunity to do that, that Devin Dubnik never could, that any of the other goalies that they've had. And you talk about a roster that has always had good goal scorers, but never necessarily somebody who can truly take over a game. We've seen you all, need a sniper. We've seen already in this series, Kirill Kaprizov take over a game and say, you know, I'm I'm going to be the one to score the goals to take this game over and uh, and get things in our favor. This Wild team, because their general manager Bill Guerin has been there, he knows what it takes to win Stanley Cups. This is as good of a chance as we have had in probably the history of the Wild. Now, obviously, they got to get past the Colorado Avalanche, but I feel, like Col- I feel like Colorado is the Stanley Cup final for any of the teams in the Western Conference. If they can get past the Avs, the Wild have dominated the Eastern Conference all season. They had, I don't know what the exact record was, but it was something like 20... I think it was like 21-4-2 and two or something like that against the Eastern Conference this season. So the style that they play is a style that the Eastern Conference is not comfortable with. Well, and that's a big ask to get back th- past the Avs. It is. But, I mean, that's, that's the hope is that if you can get battle-tested in an early series, you can work your way past the Avs. Again, I am just hopeful but this 
state in general has a lot of serious demons. And we didn't even get into the fact that this is supposed to be the state of hockey that also got its hockey team ripped away from it. Right. In the stars and then had to find a new hockey team. I mean, there is a lot of pain that goes into Minnesota sports. We didn't even get to the colleges. You and I, diehard gopher fans. Let's not even get into that pain that comes with that. But well, and there's, there's another, a lot to, to exercise as far as postseason demons with this state. And there's a, there's a mentality that we'll get into just to kind of briefly finish up the episode of just playing tight. I think we see that way too often with these teams. And, you know, something that the, the Timberwolves, I think, suffered from in the series loss to the Memphis Grizzlies. Well, here's the other thing, too, if I can interrupt you real mm-hmm. quick, is that there is a real feeling whenever there is success that that's your Super Bowl, that's your finals. You have when the Vikings were able to finally get past the Saints. And, and granted, I'm not going to be one of those guys that comes down on you for celebrating a postseason victory. I'm all about that. But you know what I'm talking you know what I'm talking about with that mental it feels like that was your Super Bowl, that mental cliff that you have to mount in some of these games. And sometimes when you get over that hump, the slope down is a little too far to where you can't recover and get ready for the next game. You saw it with the Vikings against the Saints in the Minneapolis Miracle. You saw it, I think, a little bit with the Clippers and the and and the Timberwolves and being able to get actually through the play-in and into the postseason. And it felt like they couldn't close out a game after that, after they closed out that Clippers game. I feel like some of these teams can't close out these postseason games because of some of that where you can't get past that emotional or mental hump that you go through earlier, whether it's to finish out a regular season or whether it's to get to that next level of the postseason. And so for a team like this wild team, again, I don't want to lean too far over my skis, but if you're able to get past a team like the Blues, you hope that it's not such a big thrill to get past a team where you've had some of those demons that you you aren't ready for a team like the Avalanche, which yeah. Colorado is a great team. That's a great Colorado team. And so it takes a lot to make a run, not just to win a series, is what I'm trying to say. And for a lot of these Minnesota teams, whether it's a game or whether it's a series, they don't have the stamina to make a run. The emotional letdown is a real thing. It's a tangible substance that has, I think, impacted a lot of teams throughout the course of Minnesota sports playoff history. So let's let's finish with a little more on that, and let's kind of look at where we go from here. Momentum uh, is a funny thing. Momentum is and a sometimes thing. it helps you, and sometimes it's the momentum for that game or that series, and that's all you had. Yep. Let's uh, let's finish with that as we uh, wrap up today's episode of Locked on Wild. After this, betonline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting stats and sports info. You can find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball's season, the Stanley Cup playoffs, and the run to the roses. The Kentucky Derby is back. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, 
esports, and more. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. You can find all of that and more at Bet Online, where the game starts. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day, continuing to shatter records for this show as we push through the playoffs. Seth Topol joined by Colton Molesky and just wrapping up our chat on just where things are at for our favorite core four Minnesota sports teams with the postseason underway. And uh, we talked about the idea of emotional letdowns. And that kind of, I think, is a perfect segue into, like, where do we go from here? Because obviously the Wild are playing right now. And they're hoping that they can continue what has been a, uh, a good performance here in Game 3, hoping that they can ride that to a series win by grabbing uh, home field advantage back or home ice advantage back, I should say. But you look at, like, the Timberwolves, you look at the Twins, you look at the Vikings, like, what do they need to do in order to kind of get some postseason success for themselves? And honestly, I think, like, if we just, if you look at the Twins, it's a real easy formula for them, I think, because I think it, I think it mirrors what the wild are currently doing to the blues is like, you got to just, if you have a team that you have some particular misfortune against, I feel like first and foremost, you just, you got to have some success against that team. And that, that is only going to come from them being able to beat the Yankees. If they match up in a series, I would hope it wouldn't be like a wild card situation because that's like a one and done, I think, in Major League Baseball. I'm, I don't know. I'm not following anymore. But Well, that's the, that's the thing is that you've got to have confidence, right? This wild team, I mean, they're on the road. They're up 4-1. Clearly, they have confidence. Yep. Uh, you've got to have confidence as, as a team going into those situations. But you also have to have the roster pieces, right? It's not all about mentality. It's about pure skill, too, and it's a combination of those things. Like we mentioned earlier, there are certain pieces of these teams that you know when those pieces are at the helm, you will not have success. And so that's why I pose this, I I throw this back to you. It feels like the Wild have the pieces in the right spot along with some of that mentality of a winner to actually have success versus something like uh, a team like the Vikings, a team like the Timberwolves, where it feels like they have some of that mentality. You, You look at a guy like Anthony Edwards. He has that mentality. He has that winning mentality. He has that leadership mentality. But they don't have all the pieces around him yet. You look at some of the pieces on the Vikings, and they have the receiving. They have the running. They have some of the defensive pieces. But maybe they don't have all the pieces yet to put together for that run. You look at a team like the Wild, where maybe they have the pieces and the mentality. Is this the best hope for a Minnesota sports franchise? I think so. Um, I mean, you look at the Vikings now, it looks as though they are going to kind of go into one of those competitive rebuilds. It sounds like the... the They're still quarterback away. Yeah. And, and I hate to be that guy, but there's a bunch of people who who run drive-bys on Kirk Cousins 
and they don't appreciate how good of a regular season quarterback he is, which he is. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he is not a quarterback who is going to win you a Super Bowl. Correct. If he is going to win a ring, the team around him has to be pretty awesome. Yeah, hundred <laughs> pretty 100%. awesome. He would same I, with the Timberwolves. Yeah. If you're going to win a finals with the Timberwolves roster, you can't do it with a point guard that's D'Lo. You can't do it. I said this earlier. You can't do it. But with the pieces that this wild team has, there's more hope than you have with some of these other franchises. Here's I a think, little here's I think. A, here's a little bit of a hot take for you. I wonder if the 49ers going to the Super Bowl against Kansas City, if they would have been able to win with Kirk over Jimmy Garoppolo if I'm just speaking absolute nonsense. I think you're I think you're really just splitting hairs there. I think yeah. you have the same type of quarterback. Yeah. Where he is going to play well, but he's not going to elevate a roster his, or the pieces around him. His best chance would have been a team constructed like that, who had just a dynamite defense. They had a great running game, some good receivers, which... Yeah, sounds- and let's not forget Jimmy Garoppolo was one overthrown throw to Emmanuel Sanders from winning a Super Bowl. Correct. We're getting into some NFL yeah, we stuff. We're, we're getting off the beaten path here. What I want to ask you is... If you had to put over the next, let's say we've looked at the last 20 years-ish, the mm-hmm. last 20 years-ish of Minnesota sports. If you had to put all of your money on the next 10 years and a team to actually break through, which team do you put all your money on? Minnesota Wild. I'll tell you why. Because they have, so you're looking at Marc-Andre Fleury right now. Really good goaltender, decorated postseason goalie and a guy who has the ability to steal games and steal series for you. The next iteration of that, the next great goalie in the NHL, is currently in the Wilds farm system, in Jesper Wallstead. The next guy that has the composure, the makeup for a truly great goalie, is in the system and is a couple of years away. Now... There are going to be some lean years with the Parisian suitor buyouts, which continue to look like the absolute right decision, and that's that's another show entirely. But you add that into this mix, and you continue to get just astronomical seasons from Kirill Kaprizov and the makeup of the other prospects that the Wild have in their system currently. This is, I'm just going to say it right now, this is going to be the next team that will break the um, championship curse. If they don't do it this year, they will be the team that does it the ne- next time. I, mark my words. That's I feel very confident in that take. That's, that's how it's going to play out. Really overlooking wherever McKay ends up as a... <laughs> goaltender prospect, but it's okay. It's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll look past that. It's going to slide I, I right accept, past that. <laughs> except, I, I, I accept it. You know what? I'm sorry. I'm a Minnesota State alum. I'm not going to do anything but beat the drum for my guys. I, I can't. Uh, yeah, I, I should have expected that was coming, but you know, we, uh, we didn't. Drive McKay for life. I mean, the overall arcing theory is that, yes, there's some tangible – demons to exercise from Minnesota sports playoff lore, but hopefully we are seeing a team trying to do their best to exercise some of those demons here right in front of us. 
I agree. If if there's a bet to be made over the next decade, it's it's the wild. That it's a great spot to leave it. I path is there, baby. That's a, that's a heck of a mic drop. So that's that's all we're gonna have for uh, for your episode here today. So thank you for tuning in, and thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Now that your first listen of the day is done, make sure you head over to the Lockdown NHL podcast to recap everything in the Stanley Cup playoffs from last night and look ahead to everything to come in the coming days for your favorite Stanley Cup playoff-bound teams from your favorite Lockdown NHL insiders. Both Lockdown NHL and Lockdown Wild are free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. So make sure to follow us on social media as well. We're keeping you up to date on everything going on with the Minnesota Wild through their playoff push. Locked on Wild is available Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.